right, everyone. How you doing? I'm Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast International Series, and here with me I have from Nottingham, Jordan. How you doing, man? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm Jordan. Uh, played dodgeball for almost eight years now. Um, oh, yeah, started at uni in 2013. Um, joined Nottingham Sheriffs after I the year after I graduated. Um, England couple of couple of seasons after that. Um, and yeah, now play pretty much as much as I can whenever I can, really. In times like these, that is a very uh, honest statement. Um, so let's get some preliminaries out of the way. Uh, what's your jersey number and what's the story behind it? So my original jersey number was 19, um, simply because uh, my first choice was taken. Um, the reason I chose 19 was that it was it's my mom's birthday. Um, oh. And when uh, jersey number eight, Jenny Hodge, who, who a lot of you guys might know, um, when she retired from English dodgeball and moved overseas, <laughs> um, <laughs> number, number eight became available um, simply because it's my birthday. Oh, when is, when is your birthday? Uh, the 8th of October. Oh, wow. And you, you got to uh, uh, briefly play with uh, Jenny? I did, yeah. I played with um, played with Jenny in uni. Um, she was part of the uh, Nottingham Trent Dodgeball Club um, when I first joined. Uh, spent a couple of years at Trent playing with playing dodgeball with Jenny. Um, some absolute cracking times. <laughs> uh, definitely some cracking times, from what I hear. Uh, so let's get to it. Uh, what, what was your first session like? It was it was hectic. Um, <laughs> I was actually um, coaxed into doing it by uh, by Degan uh, McAteer, um, to name some of you guys will, will probably know. Um, it's a bit of a legend in the dodgeball circles over this way. Um, yeah, um, I was wandering through Freshers' Fair at university, and this big bearded Irish man came up to me and was like, "You look like you can throw something. Come here." And sort of guided me over to the table, and and since then. I've picked up a ball whenever I've got the chance. So how did he, co you say he coaxed you into it? How, how did he coax you into it? With, there was some the, element with, of deception there. Yeah. Um, it was, it was <laughs> the fact that it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a sort of lighthearted sport. We don't take it too seriously. It's just a bit of a fun throw around. Um, <laughs> you know, here I am eight seasons later having played in, World Cup 2018, New York, <laughs> you know, Europe, European Championships, few years. It's not so much lighthearted anymore as, uh, as Gan <laughs> promised it would be. <laughs> and the fact that you also have a podcast that you guys come out with on a monthly basis is, you know, too lighthearted. Not, not, not too granular there. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, then I decided that uh, coaching and playing this season would be a great idea. Um, so, yeah, really, really throw myself into it. Yeah, you were you're just throwing yourself in the fire there, aren't you? You just like every possible role you probably have, you're just gonna take at this point, huh? Yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. Um like the the only the only thing I've taken a step back from at the moment is refereeing. Um, but that's just finding the time between coaching on league days and playing. Are there people who who do that? 
who coach, ref, and play at the same day? Uh, yeah, uh, Catherine. Catherine does it. Uh, Sam's yeah. done it occasionally. Dave does it as well. Um, there are quite a few sort of coaches for other other league teams as well that will referee one of the sessions if they sat there all day. Oh, well. I mean, credit to those who can handle and juggle multiple roles in one day, let alone one or two. Look, yeah. Luckily, the structure of league helps because um, it's essentially split into three sessions. So you have, say, the morning session will be the the women's super league and league one. Um, then the, the afternoon session will be men's super league and men's league three, and then the evening session will be men's league one two. Um, so if you've got players in different set in in sort of each session, you might as well fill your time and get paid for it. Sure, why not? So, how long did you play at a uh, university for? Uh, only two years at university. Um, I didn't pick it up till my second year. Um, <laughs> I actually spent I actually spent my first year of uni uh, uh, doing dance. <laughs> oh, you're a dancer. Uh, I was, I was. I haven't, I haven't done any sort of practicing training since since starting dodgeball, really. I mean, I mean that's fair to say. But uh, did you do ballet, hip hop? What kind of dance did you do? Uh, no, no, uh, more lyrical, contemporary. So kind of like stuff you see like on Broadway, uh, or like theater much, style. Much, yeah, much more toned down kind okay. of stuff you'd see in a in a pop music video, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. You were into "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." Okay. Um, <laughs> So what year did you graduate and uh, join uh, Sheriffs? Uh, 2015, the year I graduated. Um, So I graduated July of that year, uh, joined Sheriffs properly in September. And what was that like going from playing from university to playing with them? Oh, it was was worlds different. Um, The standard at Sheriffs was was literally on another level. and obviously playing with with people I was used to playing against at uni um, was was jarring at first, but honestly the the the, the impact that that first year of Sheriffs has had on my dodgeball career with the coaches that were available has been has been insane. Any coaches we would know? Um, um, dodgeball circles? James Shaw. Um, James Shaw was. Obviously, he he was one of the one of the founders of Nottingham Dodgeball Club. Um, when it came to the three ball, the style that we we played back then, he he knew his stuff. Um, that man knew that game inside out. Um, don't know if you, uh, some of you guys who have played for a while may have heard of uh, Michael Parry. Um, he he hasn't played for a while now, but again, he he knew the three ball game like the back of his hand. And what about um, when you transition to five ball? How was that like? Um, for me personally, um, I really enjoyed the the transition. Five ball is a much more offense orientated game, I'd say. Um, for like uh, the rules of five ball, obviously forcing teams to throw, um, whereas on the three ball side, you could be a bit more defensive. Um, you know, um, one of the rules in three balls was that if you had less players than the opposing team, you could roll uh, one of the balls across. So they had majority of balls and they had to make 
the offensive throw, um, which just very much lended itself more to a, a catching game than than what five ball is. Um, and as somebody who's been who's very much a thrower and counterer, uh, the five ball offensive style is very much my style of play. So you like you like being aggressive and just going at it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, not a, not a not a particular fan of of sitting waiting for a catch. <laughs> you know, I have to agree with you on that. I mean, sometimes you would have to, but for the most part, I like to I like to get my knuckles dirty, get down in there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, what was your yeah. first tournament with uh, sheriffs like? What uh, do you recall? What it was? Um, I played non-league for sheriffs um, in my first year, and then towards the end of the season, I was drafted into Northern Championships, um, where I was basically playing with the the sort of the first team sheriffs, and it was it was an experience to say the least. Um, <laughs> but I honestly had so so much fun that day. What was your biggest takeaway from that day? That made it so impactful. Um, realizing that I, that I can make an impact on a team. Um, so obviously, as as someone who was playing in their second team at the time, to then step up into the first and make an impact during the game, it it switches on in your brain that you know what I I, I can do this. Maybe I am actually quite good at this. <laughs> so just how how the day went just was. Was positive reinforcement that you belong there? Yeah, yeah, I know absolutely. Um, when was your first? Uh, what was your first uh, English uh, England England ah, damn, England trial like? Do you remember what year that was? Uh, it would have been the twenty sixteen seventeen season. Um, and to be fair, I am. I almost didn't go to trials. Um, because me and a couple of friends had just moved into a new house and we were having a housewarming party that day. Um, and I was going to not go to trials um, to sort of prepare for it and whatnot. Uh, and then I got convinced. I was like, yeah, I'll go. Why not? What's the harm? I'll get some feedback. Um, but actually ended up making the squad. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, very glad that I did go. To be fair, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So you, you, didn't the, go... Uh... So on, you didn't go because of the house party. I almost didn't. Almost didn't um, go. Almost didn't go, and then um, I got convinced. I was like, "Yeah, why not? What? I've got nothing to lose." Um, so I went along to trials, um, and at that point as well, um, I didn't have particularly great dodgeball shoes. Uh, the right one was actually held together by duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone uh, took a picture of that. They were ASIC I, shoes and duct tape. Uh, potentially, yes. These were, these were. I think they were, I think they were the bright yellow pair I had, uh, but there will be definitely a picture floating around somewhere. Yeah, that, I thought they were neon green, but that was just maybe how the picture came out. Um. Yeah, you had it taped over your right shoe. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a it's a picture I'm thinking. All right. Oh, yeah, this guy's a baller. He's he's going in there borderline barefoot with no support <laughs> on that on that foot at all. But so who who played uh who played the role of convincing you to to go? Uh, that would be uh, Mr. Prestige. <laughs> um, yeah, he's 
ever since sort of that point, he's been, yeah, go for it, basically. Um, anytime sort of any dodgeball opportunities come up, he's been like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I can't believe so you you almost didn't go because of a how like because of a party like if it, if I don't care if it's my birthday if I'm going to you know if I get invited to a trial like we could party when I get back I got business to handle. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, just just go show what uh, the Jordan of five years ago was like. <laughs> so you said it was in 2016, 2017. Did you end up playing for the World uh, World Cup in Manchester? Uh, no, uh, World Cup in Manchester. It was um, basically trials was just before that, so the World Cup squad was already already selected at that point. So you you got selected after that. Uh, so trials was running um, essentially a, around the same time as sort of World Cup was go was was going ahead. So that essentially the the World Cup squad had already been picked. Mm. But then the next season squad after World Cup that they could train for European Championships was was essentially trialing. Okay, okay, all right. That, that, that make, um, did you happen to see the World Cup in person, or uh, I saw a lot of live live streams. Um, I was I was working during the World Cup, um, but I did manage to catch quite a few of the games. Uh, well, <laughs> what was that like? Seeing that essentially monumentous event take place maybe an hour or two from you yeah it's, it's um to see dodgeball on a complete different level to what i'm used to um <laughs> you know by that point i was just going to sort of league matches and maybe the odd one or two opens nothing like international world cup style dodgeball <laughs> um okay so the following year you get picked for euros what euros was that would that have been uh that was uh, that was Glasgow 2017. And what was that oh, yeah. experience like putting on the uh, lion shirt? It was it was incredibly, incredibly daunting. Um to step in essentially be a complete sort of new entity into the England team. Um and to be chosen for for that opportunity was it was scary. Um but I had the time of my life at that tournament. <laughs> Any uh, personal highlights you had? Any cool plays or? Um, I got a really, a really good catch, um, which was seventy-five percent accidental. We'll say um, <laughs> against uh, against Northern Ireland, uh, where I've I've gone to block the ball that I believe Kelvin threw. Um, on the back track and it's essentially just got caught under the ball and I've made the catch and we ended up winning the set um, on camera it looks incredible like I meant to do it but obviously I, it wasn't I didn't I didn't <laughs> so how, how do you break down the percentage to 75 versus say 100 where that was in my opinion if I were to see that or if I can look it up again I would say that's epic, but that's luck, dude. Like, you you can't tell me twenty five percent of your mind was like, I can kind of do this, but let me see how it turns out. The the twenty five percent of my mind was like, just just take the ball low, just block it. That's that's what you got to do. And then yeah, and then the rest is like, no 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 no, it's just gonna stick. So wait, did it stick between the ball and your foot? 
So as I've as I've gone sort of block it low away from me, I've somehow blocked and scooped it up into essentially my groin, and it's just stuck there. <laughs> oh, that had to hurt. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, luckily, the adrenaline was pumping far too much for me to realise. Yeah, no that that that's that's that kind of adrenaline you could do without because then once it subsides then the sudden pain hits like i just got hit in the junk but i made a cut uh, made a catch. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> luckily i am um, luckily a couple of plays after that i did get hit out so i could go uh stand in the outbox for a second and compose oh you were standing yeah 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 i i i, I luckily remained remained on my feet but i think that's just because i was just sort of huddled with everyone else <laughs> Okay, all right. So you were kind of using everyone else to kind of keep you up. Got it. All right. Because I'm, I'm just gonna say, I don't care who you are. If you get hit in the junk, you you need to sit down for a little bit. Oh yeah, um, with with a with a Kelvin throw as well. Like that man has an absolute cannon. Uh, Kelvin Lee. Yes. Yeah, I've seen a couple of his. Uh, I think he plays for Kapow. Um, seen a couple of clips from him. Man's got a cannon. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what would you say for let's say the English hopeful um, going to trials and eventually getting selected? What would you say is like the biggest thing for them to to learn as far as like adapting to a higher level play, so that they won't be as scared or as nervous as you are, or you were? I'd say first, first of all. Um you've got to ask yourself whether you seriously think that you are good enough. Um, that may sound harsh, but the reason I phrase it like that is because if you have any sort of self doubt, you're going to second guess yourself too much, um, which is going to impact the decisions you make, the plays you make and your attitude on the day. If you fully go into any sort of trial for anything, with 100% self-confidence, it's going to go so, so much better for you, regardless of of any other factors. So just go in there. I wouldn't say carefree, but just be, like, really sure of yourself. Yeah. Yes, with the belief that you are good enough to be there. Yeah. I mean, how many people get invited to go to uh, England trials, give or take? Um, it varies. Um, so this, at, at the moment, it was invitational closed trials with Euros being so soon. Um, but when we, actually, when, when, when England run open trials sort of later in the year, at open trials, it could be 100, 120 people go. So 120 people. So, you, you, you know, you got to be confident in the very fact that if, if you're one of those 120 people, I mean, you belong there. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't be yeah. invited if you weren't if there wasn't anything they saw in you you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely so have some confidence kids and good luck uh so after glasgow um was there any you said you went to new york right i did yes and what was your preparation like between glasgow to new york uh it was it was individually intense. i mean <laughs> individually um yeah. 
yeah, I um I started going to the gym more. Um, I started rewatching old games, preparing that kind of way, sort of watching old England games, watching any footage I could find with other nations. Um, I started watching what I ate more, um, make sure I was eating the right things at the right time, and just trying to trying to sort of behave like an like this is going to sound a little bit crappy, behave like an athlete should um simply because you know th there's other people relying on me not just myself <laughs> so um you made a lot of dietary changes you made a lot of uh changes to your fitness like how, how often were you working out would you say um i before before i was maybe once once or twice a week if i was lucky um but for new york prep it was easily three to four as well as 40 48 hour weeks with work <laughs> you were really you were really knuckling down for for new york you know that yeah. like in your in your eyesight and how was that experience like when once you landed and once everything got underway oh it was it was incredible um as someone who didn't travel much when they were younger um to then suddenly be in the, the big apple as it were playing in a <laughs> in a world tournament for a sport when you were never interested in sport as a child it was uh it was an interesting <laughs> <laughs> an interesting 180 on your on your life there from someone who hasn't yeah, traveled um, to yeah if you said to 16 year old jordan sort of you know in in 10 years time you're going to be playing at madison square garden in the world cup for dodgeball in new like new york city kind of thing it it had it had laughed it had it had it had laughed you out the room <laughs> so uh your 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 first experience your um, your new york experience was definitely a grand one it was yes um i was there for a total of 10 days um and was the tournament that long the the tournament itself was obviously only a few days, but we were there with with England training and preparing mm. for three four days before, uh, and then I stayed for a few days afterwards to take in the sights and spend some time in the city. What was your favorite thing about New York? I'm talking about the city, not so much the World Cup. The, uh, the Natural History Museum uh, was it was a big factor. Um, it's it's somewhere I've wanted been. Like wanted to go for so long, and to actually get the opportunity was it was just icing on the cake, really. Um, but also the fact that I could get pizza slice almost anywhere at any time, <laughs> like good pizza as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, New York pizza is a whole new level to what to to anything we have over here. Uh, all right. I feel like because you dropped a bombshell, um, I'm going to drop a bombshell. I love New York style pizza. I have to agree with everything you said. But me personally, as much as I love New York uh, style pizza, my number one favorite, I don't know if you guys ever, I don't know if you guys have this over there. I don't know if you've tried it when you were over here. Um, we, it's, it's a deep dish, Chicago, Chicago style deep dish pizza. Is, it, is, is that is that one you guys call a a, a pie? Is that a pizza pie? Or is that? It, or am I it, thinking it, something different? Am I thinking something different? I mean, it looks like a pie because you have to eat it with a fork and a knife, <laughs> and like 
you can't you can kind of lift it but if, if you do it's kind of like holding like a burger like if you just imagine <laughs> how you, it, it's that thick it's like yeah, it, it's, i'm telling you man you go after especially after playing a chicago style pizza got all the carbs and all the tastiness that you'll enjoy trust me um definitely love the, the new york slices but something about deep dish man it speaks to me i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i've lost maybe half the audience because it's probably not popular wherever they're from but <laughs> i said what i said and you guys can find me y'all have my address yeah. if you were part of any of my pen pal exchanges <laughs> the past year not that hard to find um yeah, there's definitely gonna be a big big divide in the listeners there well not as much of a big a divide as we're gonna get into later on but um, <laughs> did I hear you, you said uh, you didn't play sports growing up? What kind of kid were you growing up? <laughs> um, sort of quiet, sort of. I, I, essentially, I was uh, this. This is more for the Brit, Brit, British Littons, I suppose. Um, I was um, sort of the the quiet emo kid, to be honest. Um, yeah, shunned shunned most sports and PE classes. Um. <laughs> spend spend my time sort of huddled away from everyone else with me and my other emo friends <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's not just a british thing i knew people like that here too so i mean in some ways i was like that i was like that video game nerd who played sports and at times was away from people it was a weird trifecta um yeah you had no sports idols or anything like that growing up no, not like my my parents weren't weren't really big into sport either, so it sort of never really, never really rubbed on towards kids either. Um, no, no, not. I mean, I used to enjoy going swimming, but that's that's it's not really anything really. But yeah, didn't really start getting into sports until I picked up dodgeball in uni. I mean, geez, and you got conned into it, so. <laughs> Other than the sites, other than the tournament, New York was an epic adventure. Um, and what was your impression on the tournament itself after it was all said and done? Um, I was impressed with Basketball City. Um, it was a very nice venue. Um, it was really, really nice play- venue to play at. Um, realistically, the, the organization could have been better. Um, it would have been nice to not play finals day on a concrete floor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was good to see, it was good to see other, other nations sort of in their, their style of play and, and their, their presence at the, at the event. Um, but overall the, the tournament could have been run better <laughs> to be honest. I mean, that seems to be like a fair, honest consensus I've heard from people who were a part of it. Um, which nation would you say challenged you the most when you played over there? Uh, Team USA um, did worry us in the group stages. Um, really? Absolutely, yeah. The first half was was a little bit shaky for us, I believe. Um, and then, obviously, we knew Malaysia were going to be an issue. Um, Northern Ireland and Austria, we, we see them at many European events, so we know to, to keep an eye on those. Um, 
Yeah, I think those were the, the biggest four sort of worries that we had as as an England team. Mm. And um, did you play any other Euros before the pandemic? Uh, yes, I did Newcastle. Oh, uh, what was, how was that? Uh, that was um, that was humbling for for England as a men's team, um, walking away with third when we were used to used to winning. Um, so it was quite humbling for us. Um, but yeah, fair fair play to to Austria and Northern Ireland um, bringing it at that tournament. Um, they 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 deserved what they got. Essentially, like they they put in a lot of effort. Um, but yeah, England didn't our heads drop. We we knew we knew how to how to bounce back. So wait, who who, who beat you um, to get to knock you down yeah. to get to third place? In the uh, in the men's uh, Northern Ireland beaters in the uh, semi final. Oh wow! Yeah, I have to look for that. <laughs> like, I feel like that's something I would have remembered seeing. Yeah, no, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good game. Northern Ireland were just too much for us at that tournament. They 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 played they played absolutely beautifully. I remember them playing really well throughout the tournament. I'm, Suffice to say, I got to look up this footage. I mean, maybe I forgot, but geez, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at your expense, but that's impressive nonetheless. Um, <laughs> so, uh, who did you have any uh, role models growing up? And do you have anyone in dodgeball that you look up to? Um, role models growing up. Um... Not particularly, which sounds really strange because usually, like, there's always someone you look up to, but yeah, not I can I can't really remember ever sort of sort of having a, an idol or a, a role model. To be honest, <laughs> what about people in the game? People in the game, um, Matthew Josiah, who a lot of you will know better as Arnie, um, absolute world class player. Um, knows so much about the game has exceptional talent um honestly if i could if i could be as good as arnie one day um <laughs> just on and off court the, the man's the man's incredible uh the motivation for himself and others around him yeah um he's he's someone you want both on court and off court just cheering you on and guiding you and offering advice um David Poole as well, Jaff, um, exceptional coach. Um, he's he's excellent at saying the right things at the right time, um, telling you exactly what you want to hear and most of the time what you need to hear as well, uh, which a lot of people can be afraid of. But Jaff will tell you, you know, if, if that's not done quite right, try again kind of thing. But then also, yeah, you absolutely smash that. Perfect. That's how we do it. <laughs> um, so you mentioned, okay, his name is Matthew, but you call him Arnie. Yeah, Ma- uh, Matthew Josiah. Um, I'm not entirely sure where the Arnie nickname comes yeah, from. Yeah, no- normally, and maybe it's more of an American thing, I don't know. You get, Whoever's nicknamed Arnie, their name is Arnold. Is it possibly a middle name? <laughs> Because I don't see how you get Matthew and Arnie mixed up. 
I think what? it may be. Um, I, I'm sure. I'm sure this. Uh, it's been. It's been explained to me why he's been. Why. Why he's called Arnie. But I've just always known him as Arnie. So it's. It's. Yeah. Just kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This kind of is going. It's going to open up a rabbit hole a little bit. Um, are there any nicknames among you and the Neutral Zone crew that you guys call each other? Um. No, not really. Um, Dave and I tend to call each other a little bit. Because <laughs> we've known each other for eight years now. <laughs> and I'm going to have to cut that. Um, <laughs> people at home aren't going to hear that, but it's all good. We are not. <laughs> you said you and Dave. You and who else? Uh, me and Dave. Um, okay, so only him yeah, and Dave will know what you were, what was just said. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, um, no, we we just tend to call each other by our names. We don't we we're not really big on nicknames, <laughs> to be honest. That's fair. Uh, no, no, that, that's fair. Jeez, um, okay. So this is gonna, this is a new wrinkle uh, wrinkle I've been asking people. So whether it's a certain team or a certain player, do you have a rival on court that you know you mark on the calendar every time you see him? Whether it's league or opens or whatever. Team wise, um, it used to be, it used to be Manchester Bees um, simply because as sheriffs, um, when we sort of split more north and south sort of league style, um, we faced them at events a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> like we could easily see each other on court 15, 15 20 times a year. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think at the moment, um, our biggest rivals this season are London Storm, um, very close to us in the Super League table at the moment. Um, and yeah, um, they're a team that we could go either way with on the day. What about any individual player? Maybe someone who plays your position on another team or just someone who you know you got to be up for when you when you face them? As I used, I used to play on the calling wing. Um, so, sort of any any sort of opposition caller, I uh, always thought to myself, like my my calling needs to be a bit more savvy than yours. Um, watch what kind of tactic I can pull out the bag, kind of thing. <laughs> mm. um, but individually, um, I always like to I always like to go up against Ryan Neal on court. Um, he's such a he's such a fun but annoying guy to play against <laughs> um, let's hear what's annoying about him that, that uh, you have to play against he's, he's so erratic yet controlled which I know sounds like an oxymoron but he's you just never know which way he's going to go or what he's going to do um, but he does it in such a controlled manner that you know he has his moves planned out um, and that honestly, for a place that to pl- to play against, that makes it makes it fun. It really does because it's always entertaining to watch. But boy, is it frustrating when you can't hit him. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about erratic, but he's definitely controlled. Now, he, I, I I can say just having watched him play, there's some things he does that may seem a bit off, but I wouldn't say that he's erratic. 
I just think he reads the game from his position really well that can disrupt the entire opposition. If that makes sense. Like I think Yeah, no, yeah, that, that's you, a, you that's have a, to respect yeah, the fact that he's not just playing against the person in front of him or even playing with like you got to respect the fact that he can make a play even if it's like miles ahead of what you could have probably seen as a possibility. Like he's just one of those people. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's that's a that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, I don't I don't know about erratic, but he he the way I see it, I think he reads the game like chess, like one of like a chess grandmaster kind of where like he'll he'll see moves three or four um, places ahead of it ahead of time, and he's sort of just following a script. However, it's laid out. He's just following the script, and you just don't know what it is until it's too late. Well, that, that, that that's something I would I would say about him. Yeah, no, um, that that's a, that's a very fair sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's a great way of putting it. Uh, do you have any pregame uh, rituals before a tournament, before a league? Mm, it used to be, um, it used to be a Mackey's breakfast, a McDonald's breakfast. Um, on the way to a tournament. <laughs> so you used to have a McDonald's breakfast? Yeah. So um, a couple of sausage and egg McMuffins, a few Ash Browns kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Until, yeah, until I started to take it a bit more seriously. Um, now there's not really, not really anything. We, we play, um, Dave and I, for on the way to the tournament, we'll play um, Something Inside So Strong. Um, by Levy Cifra. Um that's our pre-game song that is that gets us in the mood um, but as far as rituals go um, at, at my sort of advanced dodgeball age I just need to make sure I'm stretched Advent- how old are you? I'm 29 um, <sighs> and, yeah I've been 29? doing this for 8 years yeah okay well I'm gonna say this and I'm, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this later fuck off you're not old um <laughs> You're not I mean, old. T- tell that to the guy cur- currently nursing a back injury from trials yesterday. <laughs> oh crap! What happened? What happened yesterday? You take a nasty fall or what? Uh, no, no, no. I think um, just on a dodge, I twisted ever so slightly funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, just tweaked it a bit essentially, so it's just been really sore today. Ah, well, hope you hope you heal, man. Um, but no, you're not old, man. <laughs> so. In my my follow up, and you kind of answered it, but I want to know if there was more. Uh, do you have any pregame uh, music you like to listen to? Um, other than other than Labby Cifra, um, we tend to go for a mix because we we like to sort of play a game in the car. Essentially, we just whoever's in the car with us, we'll just go around and just pick a song you like. Doesn't matter what it is, we'll cue it and we'll just go around and just playing songs in the order. Okay, cool. Uh, we, who do you we, no- we, who do you normally travel with? Um, it's usually myself, Dave, um, and then a couple of the sheriffs, or I sometimes travel with Ben Cool, um, who he's current president and owner of Nottingham Dodgeball Club. Um, yeah, it just depends who needs a lift on the day, basically. Hmm. But it's always you and uh, you said um, you and Dave most yeah. of the time? Yeah, it's one of the perks he gets with living with me. Oh, one of the perks he gets. Yeah, guess, 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 travel with me to a dodgeball tournament. I feel like you, 
I feel like a car ride with you from his perspective is you just cussing him out every so often about <laughs> random things. Yes, very much so. Um, <laughs> you didn't yeah, even try to deny it either. That was yeah, just... yeah to be fair, every four or five miles or so, there's going to be some sarcastic comment. Oh, like, you know, you missed that left turn, right? Yeah, you know, the exit was back um, out of the way. <laughs> I have history of being an absolutely terrible navigator. Um, so I, I tend, I'm, I'm that person that will tell you the junction's coming up as we're passing the junction. Um, <laughs> the, the Dave has uh, taken the responsibility away from me and now has the, uh, the, sat-nav, the sat-nav on so that it's a little bit more reliable. Um, what is it? So I think- this is a common trait. What is it with British people on navigation? Um, a couple months ago, I interviewed a couple uni kids from Plymouth. And, well, to be fair, they didn't navigate the wrong way. They just navigated at the wrong time. Um, and, and that's a funny story I can get into later. And is this, is it something about navigation and Brits that just don't go together? I've just noticed. You guys, you guys yeah. need Google Maps. You guys need <laughs> assistance in some way. Because if I say one thing, if I say one thing in relation to an exit, then you're gonna pass that exit and think it's gonna come up again. Kind of like, yeah, kind of like how you said it. Like, oh, you know, you you'll you you'll bring up an exit as you're passing the exit, not before. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the thing with Brits is that sort of on roads such as the M1, if you miss your exit, you've got sometimes another 20, 30 miles added before you get to the next one, which... Jesus Christ. In, yeah. Um, can, yeah, on some roads it can, it can be annoying <laughs> that you've... That I've caused you to go the wrong way, basically. <laughs> and I just 20 added, like, to 30 miles between exits? Uh, in some parts, yes, they can be. Or oh this, God! Like, you better um, be spot on with me then. Uh, over the weekend, <laughs> there was an accident on the uh, on the M6, and then an accident on the the diversion route they took from the M6 as well. So it was just absolute chaos. So any ch- any sort of chance Brits get of getting a hand up on that, we'll take thanks to thanks to Satnavs. <laughs> I didn't realize there was that many miles between exits that kind of changes everything they, now. They, 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 they can be in some parts yeah sometimes it can be like for example nottingham has three within a 10 mile sort of stretch <laughs> i mean three within a 10 miles that's kind of average but like 20 to 30 between one like that's crazy dude you couldn't do that in la and think that things would be civil i'll say that much <laughs> i'll say that <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll say that traffic is bad enough as it is here with more exits. You couldn't do that here. Um, all right, so let's get to the crowdsource questions. Dave, we're going to save that one question for last, but we're going to kick off with Hannah. Um, I got to just say this year has been kind of rough for me, and Hannah has been the real MVP. been keeping my spirits up, so I wanted to say that. Thank you. Um, but for Jordan, what are you most grateful for today? Um, this, this one I had to, I had to sit and sit, sit and think about this is, cause this is genuinely a great question that 
that you don't hear very often in the dodgeball circles. Um, I think it's it's going to have to be the people I play dodgeball with, um, simply because the the coaching's there when you need it, the motivation's there when you need it. Um, it sounds cliche, but these guys end up becoming like your family. Um, mm. But some of these people I've been playing dodgeball with for five, six, seven years. Um, you know, seeing them once a week, once or twice a week for for that long. You know, it the re- the friendship really does blossom. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely have to say that that they're just the people in the sport. Because um, with like with dodgeball being a small sport as well, still um, essentially it is us the players with the help of British Dodgeball and us helping British Dodgeball that keep the sport running. So I think without without us guys and the sport from British Dodgeball, it wouldn't be where we are today. Um, so I'm talking about like the players that help out with with refing, with running events, with coaching in their clubs, with running the clubs, that kind of stuff. Mm. That's a pretty... Uh... Solid thing to be grateful for, and not many people really realize that. I think. Yeah, yeah. And then on, on a more on a more personal one, I'm definitely uber grateful for the opportunities that playing internationally has presented me with. Um, for example, going to New York City, um, playing against other nations, learning complete new new ways of playing, and. Definitely advancing my dodgeball to a much better standard than than when I first joined England. Nice, that's a nice one right there. All right, um, Dave Prestage. Um, he kind of went into the weeds with this one. So, who is a dream team? It was a two-parter. A dream team of players that you've played alongside, and then a dream of players you've only played against. Dream team of players I've played with. Um, Josh Gordon. Um, Josh Gordon. Um, He plays uh, for Sheriff Men currently. Um, uh, Also played for Minor Tours, Dodgeball Club and University of Nottingham. Um, Exceptional, exceptional player. Um, Took a couple of years out of the sport, came back with, came back with a vengeance and is having a fantastic season. Um, He's a great guy to be on court with. Um, Stephen Dunbay, um, always love playing on court with Steve. Um, he's he's a, a very very talented player, um, but I've never known such a hype man. Um, <laughs> he's got a way of lifting everyone's spirits and morale just with just with a wave of his hand, essentially. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. It's a sight to behold, and it it it's some it's like something out of a Disney film. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've I've spoken about him before, but uh, Ryan Neal, um, love being on court with him. Um, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you first? Maybe, maybe I'm kind of getting. Are you combining the teams? Is is it? Yeah. So um. So also yeah, no, I, I think he's asking for two different teams. First, a team of people you played with and a team of people you played against. 
yeah, so um, so I've played with Steve and Neely on the England squad. Um, oh, okay, okay, yeah, all right. That, okay, technically, then you'd be right. All right. Yeah, and then I've played with Josh sort of domestically. Okay, that makes sense. Um, that's three. Uh, I think trying trying to narrow it down is a very difficult task. <laughs> yeah, I think Dave knew what he was doing when he mentioned this. He, he had. He absolutely did. He told me as soon as he wrote the thing, he's like, did you see what I wrote? I was like, yes, I did. Dave. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, I am going to have to say Dave. Um, press age. Dave um, Prestige. Yeah, he has a way of keeping things calm on court. Um, and I, I know how he plays. He knows how I play. Um, and it just gels really well together. Mm. And you guys live together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been an awkward conversation. Yeah, yeah. As if he doesn't have seen us with me, he sees him. He sees me on the dodgeball court as well. Um, gonna have to say, Tamas. Um, he's he's very much similar to Steve in that he will hype you up, he will motivate you, he will he'll get the tunes bopping, he'll <laughs> everything and anything to cheer the team up um, and keep morale high. Um, and again, he's he's a great, great dodgeballer. And number six. Yeah, who's number six on your teammate list? Alex Harrison. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's played. You got to play with him before. Uh, yeah, I've, I've 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 played with him on the on the England squad mm. um, quite a few times. Um, and yeah, like I, I'm still amazed to this day watching him on court sometimes. Um, he, he makes he makes you look so casual. Um, some of the stuff he does, and he just does it like he's, he's been doing it his whole life. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's it's great to watch. It's great to be alongside. Um, and he's very very good with advice. Um, he like you you pose a, a dodgeball question or problem to him, and he'll have a solution for you within within. A, a short span of time. Um, it's very, very, very analytical of the sport, um, which is really helpful when going into the England squad, you know nothing about high-level play. <laughs> so, okay, that's your team of players you played with. Who, who would be on the team of players you played against? Players I've played against. Because I feel like that would be the harder list, considering you play with a lot of great players on England. I, I, yeah, that's that's my shit. I've played with a lot of players. <laughs> I mean, at this um, point, you could probably just have to pick players from other nations at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I think number one would be Rob Clark, um, Carmarthen Wizards and Welsh player. Um, mm. He's a fantastic, fantastic dodgeballer. Um I'd, I'd rate him as absolutely one of the top Welsh players of recent years. Um, That's a fair assessment. Yeah, um, and it's always fun playing against him, so I can only imagine it'd be much more fun playing on the same team as him. Uh, another one from the from the Welsh sort of vibes will be Liam Ryder. Um, played against him as sort of on his journey through a fair few clubs. Um, it's always good to play against him. Um, he's a really, he's a, again, another dodgeballer of, of exceptional skill. 
um a really nice guy um and just genuinely fun to be around oh uh, so there's four left i think who haven't i played dodgeball with that's the <laughs> that's, the most difficult, that's the most difficult part of it. I feel it. like that that would have been the most difficult one there. I feel like I, I should be helping you because I know some. I think <laughs> I might know some players. I just sort of, I'm, I'm going through like the the teams. Um, Scotty Whitelaw. Um, oh, yeah. You, I've, you I've never got to play with him. No, no, no. Um, he, he's been on sort of rival teams domestically, and then uh, Scotland Highlanders internationally um so played against him a few times um but never had the pleasure of playing on court with him um mm. he's another one who very similar to alex harrison really um makes everything look so casual um and is very very knowledgeable about the sport and and the goings-ons of the sport that's three wait that's three left yeah three left yep um so going through the going through the league teams in my head now <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I mention a name, you're gonna say you played with them in England. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm coming up with a bunch of English names at this point. <laughs> Go on, shout them out, and I'll tell you if I've played with them. Huh? Shout shout them out, and I'll tell you if I've, if I've been okay. on court with them. Um, have you played with uh, Strops? Uh, we've trained <laughs> together at England, but I've never actually been on the same team as Strobes. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we can count that. Um, okay, count that. All right, yeah, cool. No, um, Do more. <laughs> yeah, um, I I knew this. I sort of knew the name Straubs, uh from my university days. Uh, he was sort of a, a Derby sort of legend. Straubs was, um, and he obviously he he was at Derby University at the same time as. Uh, James Shaw, Michael Parry, Ben Allsop, who were sort of the original sort of OG sheriffs. Um, so I knew the name Straubs, um, but then to see him in action is a different thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, putting put, put a face to the face of the legend that they they told. Yeah, I keep forgetting it's not even his name technically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's the same as when people call uh, Dave Paul Jaff. Um, it just does doesn't compute well it doesn't compute with me personally only because uh, up until a couple months ago i didn't know what a jaffer cake was <laughs> so i still call him david but i can see where people have it the other way around uh okay let me see let me let me see if i can throw another name out there for you have you played with uh aldred I haven't, no. Um, I've played against him a few times, obviously, um, at the few Opens that we've done when uh, Granite City were, were taking part um, and then played against him when he played for Scotland. Um, yeah, to be fair, that would be, that would be really, good to, really good to see. Um, <laughs> I've, 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 I've seen him play for Scotland. He's a, he's a good player, probably one of the... Much, much like Rob Clark, he's 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 one of Scotland's best players, I believe. Um, well, I, yeah. I believe I, I I I can see from from what he can do on court. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think it would be very interesting to to see how 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 we play on court. <laughs> um, I was I was going to say Henry Skinner, but then I remembered I played with him at uni. <laughs> Wait, did you? 
Yeah, um, Henry Skinner went to Trent at the same time I did. Oh, crap. All right. Um, yeah. He was yeah. going to be my next guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I played with him at uni. Um. Okay. Uh, okay, so count Aldred. We're going to we'll count, count him? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll okay. count. So that's we'll one more. Aldridge. One more. How about, uh, all right, I'm going to throw a wrinkle. Um, Max Mates from Austria. One of the friendliest guys, happiest guys I've ever met. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely got that vibe when I talked to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was first introduced to him in 2017 in Glasgow. Um, yeah. Um, he's fun to watch on court. He's interesting to watch. Um, and I think I'd, I think if I was on court with him as well, I'd, I'd spend just as much time sort of watching his play style as I do when when opposing him. Um, but yeah, no, I think playing with Max Metzler would be would be really good fun. That'd, yeah, no, yeah that'd a, be that's solid. A, that's a solid number six. That is, yeah. Yep. There we go. You did it. And because uh, I helped comprise half of that team myself, I'm gonna coach yeah, that and- team. <laughs> we even had to pull from uh, international sources because <laughs> I played yeah, yeah. the game. I had to help you with that one. <laughs> All right, you ready for this grenade, man? You ready to let the, blow up on these people, man? <laughs> All right, man. To tell, built up. To tell them the truth. Let's 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 hear the truth, man. Dave Prestage, which is the first question, which we save for last. Why do you hate the British version of The Office so much? And, I, and before you answer, I'm just going to say I've never seen a single episode still. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, educate me. Let me know what the British office is missing. Let's go. Let's hear it. I think first, um, <laughs> this, this is nothing against um, Ricky Gervais, um, outstand, outstanding actor and comedian. Um, but I think Michael Scott, is the much better character. Um, Steve Carell does it beautifully. Like I can't, I couldn't think of a, a better, a better sort of better person for the role. Really. Um, so, kind of help me out. Is there a Michael Scott in the British version, or is that just the American character? Uh, that's the American character's name. It's David okay. Brent in The Office UK. Okay. Um, and I think I think the 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 Office US obviously it had the, the the more seasons, so it had it had the time to flesh out its characters. Um, yeah, the, the the US Office does does its characters much much more justice, and even in the first season, um, the the US the US characters already seem more more interesting than. Than they sort of take on the box. I like. I'm, I'm a big fan of British comedy as well, but The Office is just one that I've never been able to get on with. Which is yeah, which is really strange because I, I I absolutely adore workplace comedies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, how many seasons are in the UK version? They were there only two. But that um, show shouldn't even count. <laughs> Two seasons yeah. like a blip on the radar. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. That that's that tends to be that tends to be it with the with some British comedies though. 
um, they'll they'll have a very very short run. Do, do they offend people and then they get canceled? Like, why is it so short with comedy over there? It's it's difficult to pinpoint one particular reason. I think um, I think it's because we tend to just throw throw out shows so quickly and so so many of them at once. It's especially especially sort of now. It's even even more prevalent that people just tend to get a bit bored of them. Hmm. Okay, so it's because the American version is more flushed out, more to it. The main character, or at least I think the main character, Michael Scott, has more going for him than his UK counterpart. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a much more. I feel like I know the answer to this one, but you can like him. <laughs> uh, Wait, what's up? You can actually like Michael Scott as terrible a boss as he is. You you can actually like him. Um, <laughs> Brent is very much Marmite. <laughs> so I I feel like I should ask this based on. UK television standards, dare we say, would you say the American version would be considered too much if it were to be featured over there? Because I know you guys can watch it like on Netflix or whatever and stuff like that. Would you say the American version, as far as its comedy goes, does it push the envelope a little further than Brits do? Or Mm, uh, uh, how's that? No, I I think the American tends to move away from we Brits for some reason like crass humour sometimes um, and I think the US office is a little bit smarter than that okay so Which I mean I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you pretty much laid out a lot there and um I don't know if that means you're going to have protection detail going forward, but we'll we'll definitely check back with you um, once this episode airs. Because <laughs> yes. I feel like I'm more concerned with you than I am with me. Uh, at least if I go there, you know, people are going to say hi to me or whatever. You got to live there. And you trashed <laughs> yeah. Ricky and, Gervais. Uh, and that's something I never thought I'd ever hear a Brit say. I, I, don't, uh, trash, I don't trash Ricky Gervais. Um He's he just trashed his character, just just his character in, in the character in, of the show, and one of his shows. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You trashed the character in an iconic show on both sides of the pond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So send your uh, hate to uh, Jordan Taylor at gmail.com. Uh, don't send it to me. I didn't endorse yeah. this. <laughs> email address is Dave Prestage. <laughs> No, you're a terrible roommate. You're a terrible roommate. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're fucking. I did, I did actually go for the mail actually. Um, because uh, Sky over here has Peacock. Um, and obviously they've they've now got the office and everything. And they've yeah. got all the extended episodes and such on. Um, I was teasing them earlier that they were going to start a rewatch. Um, to watch all the extended stuff. Extended I'll stuff. Just- yeah, the, uh, some of the Peacock episodes have extra scenes that weren't oh. featured on 
the sort of Netflix Netflix episodes. Oh, you're such a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could say that, but I can't talk smack because let's say, for example, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. Like, I watch the uncut, directed, or director's cut version of it and hear all the commentary and stuff. So I can't talk too much about that. um, You are a nerd. I did my entire dissertation at university on Lord of the Rings. Are you kidding me? Nope. 12,000 words. 12,000? Yeah. Send it. What are you... Yeah. Send it. I want to see I'll that. Have to find, yeah, I'll have to find out a copy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then um, I have a Tree of Gondor tattoo as well. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should I ask where, or do I not it's, want it's to just, know? It's just on my calf. Okay, fair enough. Um, that is epic. I did not know this. Um, I'm going to blame the rest of the crew for not telling me that. But... <laughs> Okay, that's epic. I'll give you that. Alright. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and as far as Star Wars goes as well, um, yeah, we're a pretty big Star Wars house here, to be honest. Um, oh, you and uh, Dave? Yeah, yeah, me, Dave, and Dave's partner, Sophia, and my partner, Ryan, are all very much into, into Star Wars. Alright, I got a little funny story, but I'll share with that off air. Um, okay, so... Clearly, we've had a lot of fun, and you've definitely opened my eyes to the office in more ways than one, but I'm going to hit you in the gut with this one. So, Jordan, how would you like to be remembered once you play your final game? Uh, ooh, inter- this is an interesting one. Um, <laughs> just someone who enjoyed the game, enjoyed the sport, could be a little bit sassy sometimes. A little bit? A little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I, yeah. Um, sometimes towards the refs, sometimes towards my own teammates. Um, definitely in my actions. Um, but yeah, just as someone who who enjoyed the sport and, and loved what he did. Well, I can definitely say you're more than a little bit sass. Um, <laughs> I would I'd even venture to go as far as to say you bring the sass to the neutral zone seemingly by yourself um, you definitely enjoy to have around and definitely enjoy to talk to and that's definitely a solid impression you left with me oh, thank you but I also want to say something and it's going to be another bombshell I want you to continuously be unapologetically you Continue to drop those bombshells. Continue to drop your truth. And understand that regardless where I, where other people stand, you can at least put together a solid argument as to why you believe a certain thing. And I think if anyone is smart enough to hear that, to understand that, they'll understand you better. So I, I don't know how many times... People have given you stick for whatever reason, but just know I got your back, man. No, I got your back. Know that, yeah. (laughs) And just don't ever apologize for speaking your truth, man. Thank, thank you, Sergio. That that 
that's that's really really nice of you to say, man. Thank you. Yeah, man, no problem. Um, I may actually have to start checking out the office because now I realize that it's on Peacock. I'll definitely check that out. Um, <laughs> I, I, my one word of advice is do bear with it through season one. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people get stuck at season one because it has its teething problems. It does try to do what the UK does, but bear with it. Season two, <laughs> towards the end of season two, is when it really starts to to come alive. All right, uh, I guess I'll have to take your word for it. Um, do you have any other shout outs you like to give before we wrap up? No, I, th- I think we've 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 covered a great deal today. Um, <laughs> get some, I've, I've I've talked a lot of people up <laughs> on this. Yeah, you definitely did. <laughs> You definitely did. All right, and that was my interview with Jordan. Jordan, thank you so much for hopping on and um, not only sharing with us your story, but just being unapologetically who you are. And I feel like nowadays um, people, for whatever reason, are afraid to be who they are. And um, coming from me, (laughs) don't be. Be who you are unapologetically. And the right people will be in your life. If anything, I take from that conversation I've had with Jordan, um, based on current things I'm feeling right now, based on current vibes, be unapologetically you, and the right people will come to your life. Uh, My next interview will be with um, the final (laughs) piece of the um, neutral zone, uh, Sam. So be interested to pick his pick his brain uh, as far as like how he uh, how he would plan editing and such and stuff like that uh, as like a fellow content creator um easy to it'd be fun to to pick his brain at that so um as well as just getting his story out there for everyone to know who he is and another reason to plug their podcast the neutral zone um there i go i did it again all right if you've listened up to this point thanks so much and have a wonderful day